Hello and welcome to In at Break, a discussion on all things education. You can call me Mr B. I teach sport and business in a further education college. And I'm Mr T and I'm a primary school teacher. Each week one of us is going to ask the other a question about education. It might be serious, it might be silly, but we'll give you our take on it. We're going to decide who asks the question with a good old-fashioned coin toss. I'll flip it and you call it. Here we go. Uh, tails. Fuck it. YOLO. Tails. 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 Heads. Oh my god! <laughs> How is that real? How is that real? So that's 3 Dude. Uh, stick with me, folks. I am a winner. Oh god. Like, but but, but statistically, right, this should eventually balance out. If we did infinite podcasts, eventually I would have the exact same amount of questions as you have. If we did infinite podcasts. That's what we're doing, dude. <laughs> I would hopefully understand what my students exactly. actually say to me. Okay. This week's question is, how do you normally get on with your parents? Is it normally a good reaction from the parents, a bad interaction, a good interaction? Do you like them? Do they like you? What's your general take on parents of the students that you educate? Uh, God, the question is big. So if it's... I'll answer the first bit first, which is how I get on with the parents. And the answer is very well. Obviously, you can tell from my rants that I'm passionate about this. I love this job. And I think that if you're a parent, once you see that I know your child and I really do give a shit, everyone kind of calms down and kind of gives you a bit of respect. I've, I've read uh, all of the books that I've read on teaching because I'm really interested in not necessarily the... Uh, the actual teaching part of it but like the, the the art of it like what makes a good teacher what is it that's that that kind of gets that respect and one of the books i read it said always be professional and i always do that i'll see you all later <laughs> uh, i'm out so i'm i'm i am very reserved and i make sure that although like you Which know is so odd for me to think of yeah right because i'm so you know I could talk forever and I do like parents evening is a problem I talk for 20 minutes per 10 minute thing and people are like <laughs> people are like dude you're now an hour behind you need to sort this out and I'm like oh shit sorry um but I've always gotten on with all my parents granted at this point I've only worked in four schools but I've met the parents at every single one and every single time I've made sure that one I'm known two that I'm approachable so I make sure that I'm out in the playground at the end of every day I make sure they all have got my email like, I really don't buy into, like, I've got a lot of uh, teachers that, you know, I remember at the beginning were like, don't give your email out, don't give your email out, because they'll email you all the time. If they need to that's email what you me. you want. You want that communication, right? Well, like, that's exactly it. And, and what I want is, if a parent has a concern, email me. Because what ends up happening is if they can't email me, they approach me on the playground all hot and bothered. This happened, like, for example, this week, right? A kid, a kid in my class um, got set, said to his mum, didn't say anything to any of us. Walked up to his mum after school and said, I got punched. Say what? As you can imagine, mama wasn't very happy. It wasn't you that did it, was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was me, yeah. yeah. That's me. why nobody was told. Like, How do you not know this word, purloined? Whap! <laughs> um, I immediately phoned mum. Mum didn't pick up. Okay. Now I send an email. We've got everyone's emails on the system. So I sent a very long email to be like, hi, I understand you're very upset. Here is the number for the school. I'm also in the playground tomorrow. And here is my email. And she sent me back an email that night. It was sorted that night. And it turns out she couldn't pick up the phone because she's at a surgery for one of her family, right? 
<laughs> the kid was punched really hard. <laughs> His heart fell out. They had to get a quick replacement. So, um, <laughs> so having that communication with her made it very easy. And then the next day, she came up to me and was like, "I really do appreciate that because obviously you go home as a parent and you think your kid's not safe at school. That's not good. And uh, I always make sure that I update them with the good and the bad. I think it's very easy to only speak to parents when it's bad. So then they see you as this bearer of bad news. Every time I come out to the playground and I walk up to them and say, do you have two minutes? They're like, oh, fuck. What's happened? Because either something's happened to my son or daughter or my son or daughter's done something. So I try and make sure I also approach them about good stuff so I kind of balance my range, uh, which is like, you know, I make sure that every time that I've done something that's bad, I want to make sure that I speak to them about something that's good. That's just the way that I like to do it mostly because I want, one, my parents to be happy with me because it makes my life easier for their children. So when I say, hey, you're not really doing enough reading with your kid, your kid needs to be reading every day. How do they react to that though? What, when I, when I when say, you something, say something like that? Uh, I am brutally honest, as you know, right? So like, I've, it's true. <laughs> so I go. You want to hear what he says about me when I arrive? <laughs> when I arrive to record, he's like, "Dude, you look, you look terrible, man." <laughs> you, no, like seriously, legit, you look like you're dying. Seriously, hospital? Where you? You can't be here. You look like Jack Skellington. <laughs> Tim Burton drew you. Tim Burton drew. Sorry, carry on. Um, that got grim really fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I so yeah. I always try and make sure that I kind of stay honest. I think they appreciate the honesty. I feel like I would be, as a parent, more pissed off if at the end of the year my kid comes out and they're way behind from where I thought they were because the parent, because the teacher all year protected my feelings. I don't want my feelings to be protected in, if it's in part of my kid. And I and the thing is, right, this is the fucker. Some parents think that my job is to educate their kid and that their job is nothing else. They don't need to be, re they read at school. Why do they need to read at home? Why do they need to do homework? They're doing work at school every day. Hold up. Yeah. So that's more difficult because I can't do anything about that. And it's fucking heartbreaking sometimes, man, because there's girls in my class who uh, have to do their homework every week at school because I'm like, I don't want you to fall behind and I need you to have this homework done. That's not good. And to be fair, the girls are awesome about it, right? But the thing is, as much as I can say to them, like, hey, it's your responsibility to get your homework done, all that kind of stuff. Really, their kid's six years old. Get your kids to do their homework. And I get it. There's always stuff at home. There's always stuff at home. There's always something going on. And I get it. I totally understand. And if and, and in, my, in the past, if parents say to me, like, hey, listen, this week we're going on holiday. My kid's not going to do their homework. I'm like, cool. Thanks for being honest. Because I'm honest with them. I expect them to be honest with me. If it's every week, then I kind of have to go like, what's going on? Like, what's actually happening here? And, you know, and I've had them at parents even, and they say to me, I'm like, uh, you haven't really been reading with your kid. And I go, yeah, I know. I'm so sorry. I come home from work really late and I'm really tired. Okay. How about in the mornings? How about the weekends? Is, who are they staying with when they're there? Are they with grandparents? They can read with them. I tell the kids all the time. It doesn't have to be a lot, just something. I tell the kids, I tell the kids all the time, like, read to the cat. Read to read the to cat. whoever you want. I don't see, care. See what happens. <laughs> you read to the cat, see what happens. See what happens. See how interesting. Read the to cat the cat will be. sounds like it might be like yeah. a, an, an idiom. Yeah, just like you know. Honestly, try that, folks. If you've got a cat, try reading to it. See what happens. <laughs> see what that. Uh, and I like cats, but I guarantee you, it's it will act like an asshole, and it will walk away. That's fair. Or it might like shred the book in your hands and then walk away. <laughs>
Did the kid a favour. The cat ate my homework. In your face, kid. <laughs> Look at that. That's what you get for trying. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe read to your cuddly toy. Read to whoever. Just I don't give a shit. Read, read to, to the yourself. wall. Just read. And the thing is, like, that's even that really isn't <clears throat> even good enough because there are children in my class that struggle to read, and if they read on their own, they're probably not reading properly. They need someone to be. Yeah, because like, the cat will help. <laughs> Yeah, the cat is very intelligent. I'll oh, have you. Right. Yeah, cool. Uh, uh, don't read to the dog. Yeah, the dog hasn't got just the cat. Just the cat. Cat's fine. What my point is is practice. Mr. Right? T, I've already got goldfish. <laughs> yes, fine. That's read fine. To your goldfish. Just read simple things. Just yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Um, so, I I want parents to like me only because uh, I want their child to do the best they can. And having them on side makes the biggest difference. And I remember saying that last year. I remember saying at the beginning of the year, as my as an NQT, thinking the big thing that I need to do is to get the parents behind me. Because the second that they're behind me, the kids will be behind me. And it made all the difference, all the difference in the world that year. Because anytime I had an issue, hey guys, just letting you know, uh, this week I'm giving out double homework. The reason is because I need them to be prepared for next week. Next week in maths is pretty hard. Please make sure you get it done. If your parents are on side, they're going to go, yeah, we totally understand. If your parents are like, dude, fuck this guy. Like, who the hell do you think he is? Double homework. And I, I get the excuse quite a lot of, come on, they're six. No. I'm not accepting that. I don't want to leave this year. I don't want to leave this year thinking. <laughs> you're smiling. Loving this. Dude, I don't want to leave this year ever thinking. I didn't put everything I got into this year or like I could have given them more or I could have done something. I don't want to leave anything on the table because I fucking lose sleep over that. As far as things that parents can and can't do to help their child, like the, it's, the list is endless. And I've seen it both ways, by the way. I've seen parents that are way too overbearing. I've got kids in my class who are like, yeah, I come home and do homework until seven o'clock each night. Like they, their parents set them up with stuff. And I just think, Christ. And those kids, by the way, the ones that have got the behavior problems most of the time. There are behavior problems with kids that are on the other end who are just like completely left at home. The TV babies who are just like, yep, go on, like get home, put on the TV, I'll see you in a bit. And I've seen it the other way as well, where the kids who go home, who really need that time to relax, because school is intense, man. Like when it's your whole world, that's pretty intense. So to come home and now you've got homework until seven that your like parents have set up, that really isn't much to do with what I'm doing in class because they've just gone, he needs to learn how to write cursive. Or learn the meaning of the word purloin. <laughs> he, needs to, he needs to learn what purloin means. You are not leaving until you know this. So that is always, that's always baffling to me. Like you can go the other way with it. And I think that some parents think, oh yeah, the more work I give my kid, the better off they're going to be. And how, how do you deal with a parent or how do you deal with uh, the situation where a parent's like, no, 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 Mr. T was wrong. In what? This is this is how it happens, or this is what's right, and blah blah blah, and completely kind of undermines or contradicts what you've taught them. You know what? I used to really panic about that. I used to panic about the idea that I used to get. I mean, I still sometimes do, but less so now. Get really bad imposter syndrome, where I'd be at the front and think, God, like I'm scared that someone's going to walk in and be like, "That's completely wrong. You're teaching everything completely wrong. That's not what how it works at all." Obviously, I've done my research. I've done my planning. So I know all this stuff. But it's just that intelligence. Like, I think that in my head, I'm a lot less intelligent that, than hopefully I actually am. I don't know. But like, I definitely have that imposter syndrome where I'm at the front and I'm thinking, shit, I don't know. I don't, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm not sure. Or like, you know, and, and I think that one that's really good for the kids to see. 
I really like it when I make mistakes in front of them. If I misspell something on the board and then I realize, I go, oh shit, I made a mistake, correct that. They love it. Not like to laugh, but to be like, oh my God, he's human. You know, they, they can see that. And uh, I've never been called out by a parent ever. I've had one parent come up to me and be like, uh, hi, on the homework, you've given us words that can't be used. And I was like, okay, what do you need to do? And basically like, all they needed to do was copy out the words and put them into a sentence. And one of them was cup apostrophe S as in cups. She's like, how would you use that in a sentence? Cause she's like, if you have more than one cup, you don't, you wouldn't say I've got cups with an apostrophe. That was one time where I have been like, oh fuck, I don't know off the top of my head right now. Once I went back inside, it kind of made sense. I could do, you could say like the cups handle is blue, right? That would be fine. That would have an apostrophe because it, it's possessive to the cup. That stuff is fine, but like that, that was difficult to deal with. And it knocked my confidence to be honest for a little bit. Cause I was like, fuck, like, I just been called out. Like what else don't I know? And that is, uh, is a little bit scary. If a parent actively called me out, Settle it, old school. <laughs> Meet me in the playground Sleeves at midnight. Get rolled up. Where only black. Tie comes off. <laughs> Tie comes off. Script. No, we're going. We're going full street rules. Shirt comes off. <laughs> like Mr. T, please stop. And I'm like, no, this has to be settled. Like Masvidal's in one corner. <laughs> Diaz is in another. Yeah, except it's me and some like middle-aged dad. He's just like, that's not how you use an apostrophe. Like they'd know. All right, but I fine. think I scrapping. <laughs> I think that. In my head, a parent, parents knew a lot more than what I actually thought. Because when I'm in, and I don't mean that in like a everyone's stupid kind of way. <clears throat> I mean that purely in the sense of when you're in the zone of school, when you're in that place and you're doing all this education stuff, you're in that zone of what is grammar and what is, <clears throat> what is everything else and all that kind of stuff. Like what is grammar and what is, you know, what are the rules of spelling or, you know, how does, how does a volcano really work or... Why do we have earthquakes? We'll cover this in another episode. <laughs> About subject knowledge. No, 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 no. Like volcanoes and earthquakes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's our that's special fine. episode. That's fine. Like, hi, guys. Welcome if I win, to if I geography. If I win 10 coin flips in a row, which is looking likely at this point, <laughs> then we'll do one on tectonic plates. Christ. Well, you're going to have to teach me because I've got a fucking clue. We'll make stuff up about tectonic plates. <laughs> Absolutely. I could do that forever. Um, so if someone actually called me out and, and if they were, if they, and if they actually knew, then fair enough, I'd, I'd go with it. Cause I, my job is not to know everything. And that is something that I actually got taught by one of my mentors was your job is not to know everything. So just, I don't know if you actually know this, but when you, when you are training as a teacher, when you're pre NQT, when you're doing your, I did a PGC, so I did a one year course. <clears throat> when you go on these placements to different schools, you, um, you get a mentor who you work in the classroom with. So you share a classroom for those however many months that you're there. And I, I was very fortunate to have two fantastic mentors. And I remember one of them saying to me, the first one said to me, like, you don't, your job is not to know everything. You are not an encyclopedia. That is not your job. Your job is to break down a very small amount and feed it to the children. That is it. Your, your job is not to do anything else. And I think that took a lot of weight off my shoulders in terms of that imposter syndrome that I had started with because I was so bad at the beginning. I'd get up at the front and I'd be like, I don't, I'm fucking lying to you. I only know this because I looked on a piece of paper beforehand. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I guess it's hard. I mean, it's difficult to almost compare it to anything that you've got because you've come in completely cold 
and just seemed to have just run with it. And I ha if I didn't have though that year training, I would have been so fucked. I think, oh, so to reference your point, I, I say to the students all the time, you don't have to know everything, but you have to be willing to say, I don't know the answer, but I will try to find out. Nice. And I hope that helps them. But with their parents, it's it's totally different. It's chalk and cheese for, for me and you. Like, you see them regularly. Maybe at a push, I meet one or two parents at enrollment. They show up with their kid to enroll them for their first year at college. So I might meet one or two parents. Maybe, okay, this year I might have met like five or six parents. And they're all like, oh, so-and-so is just so amazing. They're awesome. They love all this kind of stuff. And they're going to be such a good student. And the student's looking at me like, no, <laughs> that's not the truth. I'm here because they're making me or because I didn't want to go anywhere else or I have to be here. Yeah. And the parents are like, no, no, no. They'll totally behave. They're really into this. They do this, that, and the other. And they'd love it if you gave them extra work. And the kid's just looking at me like, so the parents, I think when I first meet them, try and tell me what they think I want to hear. Mm. And actually, I just want to know the truth. Like, I just want to know if the kid isn't fully into the idea of being on my course, at least I want to know. Then I can try and win them over. Right. I can try and make it really interesting and everything like that. Did you have to do that at all? Like win them over? Oh, every day. Really? Every day, every day. So I have... Uh, I have 63 students across different courses and I have four that I don't have to win over every day. Wow. I have to win over 59 students, I reckon, out of the 63 that I have. And the parents, if you believe the parents when you interact with them, then you would think, nope, I'm dealing with highly motivated people who really into the idea of being here and have it all together and just love like love education yeah. and the truth is that they're teenagers and it's just like when i was a teenager the next interaction i tend to have with parents i've just done my first reports i don't have regular parents evenings i have one parents evening a year i haven't had it yet what i have is i send parents a half-termly report and it's like an exercise in rating their child out of five in a whole heap of different categories what? and then and then writing a little comment wait, so wait, like, wait, like actually rated out of five yeah like behavior so one, enthusiasm yeah, yeah absolutely christ so one is excellent two is good three is satisfactory four is weak and five is extremely weak and so i've got to give this on attendance behavior attitude and quality of work mm -hmm. and then i have to give a comment about each of those categories and then i email it to the parents but the student also gets a copy and the student can write whether they think the report is just or unjust <laughs> do you think a teenager agrees with you saying that they are then their attitude is terrible so i've i've had a student tell me to piss off get out of his face because if i don't he's going to do something he regrets wow 
And so obviously, how do you phrase that when you write to their parents what's going on? And then also sometimes I interact with the parents um, over the phone. If something's if something's starting to go wrong, yeah, then I have to call them. Sometimes that's behavior. Sometimes it's attendance. Sometimes it's illness. Um, a couple of students have been have been missing because they they've been quite unwell. And so you start calling home and you start saying, look, okay, we want to support. We realize the student's not well, but we also don't want to pile loads of pressure on them. And they've got all this work that's starting to mount up. So how do we, how do we manage this? So you try and open lines of communication that way. Sometimes it's just, hey, just to let you know, uh, your child has attended three out of 27 lectures so far this year. And they've just not been on campus for others. What's the general reaction that you've had so far? Normally it's it? like, uh, what the fuck? Oh, really? Um, a shock. Yeah, so we had one student who, we haven't seen them at all this week. And the parent goes, okay, don't worry, I'll call you right back. And we get a phone call back about 20 minutes later and the parent is in the car with the student in the car as well and goes, yeah, okay, so I've got you on speaker. Tell me what's going on. And uh, I said, so you have the student with you? And they're like, yeah. I said, well, where have you been for the last three days you're due to be in? And the student's like, oh shit, oh no. And so like some parents are really on board with it. That's but, great. Right. They've they fucking marched them in like, right, we're putting you on yeah. speaker right now. Yeah, and then, but then alternative, the flip side to that is um, I've had one parent I call up and it's again, it's about a student who's not been attending and I'm like, oh, so-and-so uh hi is that so-and-so's parent yeah what have they done now i'm like oh oh this is not going to go well i'm like well you know i don't want to be the bearer of bad news but they've not been coming in oh god they never bother they never come in they're such a loser oh like and so you can just see that sometimes these kids are hearing stuff at home that's maybe kind of a bit of a difficult reinforcement for them to hear all the time so my interaction with parents is is very very different to yours and just just to quickly ask off the back of that would have you ever made a positive call so i've emailed nice parents to say just to let you know this happened but it's always been about an improvement on a negative right uh, it's not been because someone's been spectacular mm -hmm with something that's gone on and I, I don't want to sound awful but i haven't been shown too much that's you haven't been wowed yet above and beyond what no. you would expect and i would let someone know um a couple of students got reports that were really really glowing reports yeah um but no when students have been in a bad place and doing things badly and then they've improved i have emailed the parent and said look just to let you know this is really improving we we because obviously at a primary school it's a little bit different in terms of the way that we praise the kids is so in key stage one and in key stage two to be fair so that's all the way through to year six you get a thing called a wow certificate which is literally like in assembly you did something really good that week you get a certificate in in key stage one we give proud cloud stickers right which is literally just a sticker to say you're on the proud cloud we're proud of you which i think is really nice and the kids love it yeah. key stage two which i really think is a cool idea 
if you get up to the proud cloud, they don't give you a sticker because a 10 year old or 11 year olds can go, yeah, thanks for the sticker, dickhead. Like, I'm not interested. Well, so what they get into so is a raffle dowie. ticket. They get so dowie. <laughs> so they get a raffle ticket. And then at the end of the week, if your raffle ticket gets chosen, you get to take something out of the box. The box isn't really anything amazing, right? It's just like party toys from Asda. But they're just excited to be to win. Yeah. And I do feel That's like, awesome. maybe, yeah, right. It's a really cool idea. And I was thinking, I always think about like what you could do with older children. Because if you give a 16-year-old a party thing, they're going to go, fuck off. But most, like, could my students would probably like you to give them alcohol or marijuana. <laughs> no marijuana. But you could, could you... Would that be feasible, do you think, at, at your age to do something like, oh, you win a raffle ticket, and if you win the raffle ticket at the end, uh, you get a, a £20 Nando's card, oh, and, and, you, and you get that at the end of the half term? It's so hard, because the vice principal told me, he was like, bet them curly whirlies. Like, bet them curly whirlies in a lesson. And I was like, curly whirlies? Like, see, what? what? He's like... Yeah, I used to like, he used to teach the same subjects as me. And so he said, um, yeah, yeah, at the start of the year, I'd be like, yeah, so if you get the answer to this right, you win a curly whirly. Uh, okay. And he's like, yeah, but the problem was some some of the clever ones, I started end up being like 20 curly whirlies in the hole to them. I'm like, so you didn't even pay up? He's like, double like, nothing. So what's going to happen? Like the end of the end of term comes around and you just give the kid a sack full of curly whirlies if they've been good. <laughs> he's, just, he's in debt. And it's like, well, what's the problem? You, you, you like, you teach on sport and you're going to give like you're going to give, give them, them diabetes. Yeah. Like, like, what are you doing? Like, like he, he must be like loan sharking curly like, whirlies. What are you doing? Like, that's terrible. I need five hundred curly whirlies by the end of the week, or else your car tires are going to be missing. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> listen, kid, you've done really well this year. You got like nothing but distinctions. Here, by the way, is your delivery of a box full of curly whirlies. No, like it was just, so it's difficult. Um, I I don't really know the answer. I think that what I'm starting to realize is sometimes they just like a bit of understated praise. Like, wow, awesome. My man, well done. Like, yeah, you knew as much or more than I did about that subject. But that's that that's that relationship building though, right? That's that's almost something entirely separate. Is every time that you show that little bit of yourself, they they get let in that little bit more, and you become a little bit more human, you know. Yeah, each time. It's kind of like what I was saying. Like every time you make a mistake, or like I tell the kids all the time about stuff that's happened. Or, but last week, so for reference, last week my mum's house burnt down. Right? <laughs> and just dropping that one and, in there. Uh, nothing, yeah. nothing to hear. Nothing Everyone's to see fine. here. Everyone's fine. And. Um, and I came in the next day, and when they asked where I was, I just said, my mum's house burned down. And they had a hundred questions. And afterwards, like, three or four kids came up to me and hugged me. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's intense. Like, the fact that they're, like, you know, like, feeling it enough. They're affected enough by my relationship with them that they're like, oh, you know what? Like, I'm going to go give them a hug. That's crazy to me. Like, and get letting them in with that little bit, like you're saying there. Like, hey, here's a time that I was a bit of a dick. Or... Oh yeah, like you know, what do I know? Type of deal. It just it gives you that little bit more of an in with them, and it will pay back in dividends. Because and also I think as well, like other pupils, and regardless of what age they are, sixteen or six, other students that don't have that relationship will then go, I want that. Yeah, I think yeah. I mean, I agree completely. I think that little bit of almost vulnerability that you show mm. helps. But we've we've gone slightly. We've gone absolutely we've gone, off. We've gone massively off point. But that's but, fine. <laughs> but it's good. It's good. We we never said we were going to be like diligent and stick to point here, folks. If you're here for diligence, 
go away. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we answered it as best we could, right? Like yeah. the answer is, I'm honest with my parents. I expect them to be honest with me. Some parents are shit. Some parents aren't, and that's sort of the way it goes. And you get to see your parents a lot. I get to see my parents a lot, and you barely see. I yours. don't get to see my parents very much. It would probably be more useful if I could see more of them. Yeah, I'm very honest with them. Sometimes they don't like it. Yeah. Sometimes they don't like their kids from mm-hmm. the sounds of it. Yeah. But <laughs> it's two different worlds. Um, yeah. We're gonna do another bit of in the classroom something that we've heard this week from the classroom one of our students saying or doing something or something that's happened in the classroom just to wrap it up so do you want to go this week yeah 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 yeah. so uh this is just a very quick anecdote it was great so we're writing about a story called izzy gizmo which is izzy gizmo izzy gizmo which is an awesome story about a girl who makes machines so she's a little girl who makes machines and the machines keep going wrong is this a real story or you're making this up no 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 no. this is as in like the story that i'm telling right now or izzy gizmo no izzy gizmo (laughs) izzy gizmo is a real story you can go and look it up someone else not not like non-fiction (laughs) right like it's a fiction story called izzy gizmo (laughs) izzy gizmo is a real story about a little girl wait no fiction story about a little girl it's confusing to say real story oh my Right, it's about a little girl who makes machines and then it all goes wrong and then in the end she finds a burb and the burb is on the ground and it's uh, in real trouble. But a bird? Burb. A yeah. burb? Yeah, like a bird. Yeah, so <laughs> it finds a bird on the ground. A bird? And the bird's fucked up. It's fucked up. And anyway, I she... hope it's written fucked up. <laughs> it said, Izzy Gizmo walked down the street. She saw the crow on the floor and it was fucked up. <laughs> I'd read that. It had scrapped with Mr. T. Yeah. after disagreeing with it. <laughs> so, um... Uh, they loved it, but she wears purple tights. I forgot to model how to spell tights. So what I had is a lot of children spelling out, oh, tights, t-i-t, ah, tights. So I told them they wanted, yes. <laughs> they, they needed to have, they needed to have, they needed to change the story. So what she was like, so I had, I had Izzy Gizmo wearing spotty tits. She had purple stripy tits. She had zigzag tits. She had everything. And I was sat there thinking, you know what? I was like, for fuck's sake. Like, that is something I so should have picked up. But so many. And they did everything right. They sounded it out. But, oh, man, the different tits that this poor girl had. And I was just... (laughs) And it was great. And, you know, I wasn't even bummed that I did it wrong. I wasn't even bummed that I I hadn't moulded it properly. But, oh, my Lord, it was so funny to go through it and just be going, oh, yeah, Izzy, Izzy Gizmo's tits with holes in them. <laughs> yeah, great. What the fuck? Purple tits with holes Purple in them. Purple tits with holes in them. Izzy Gizmo's a zombie. Izzy- <laughs> oh, man, that's brilliant. Okay, so... Um, Thank you, folks, for listening in to this one. Hopefully you enjoyed it, and hopefully you'll come back next time. Hope so. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye.